Welcome to the Reliably Well podcast from Relies Healthcare. I'm Dr. Sumner Abraham. I'm Dr. Joe Johnson. Join us each episode where we believe you, the listener, will learn something about our ever-changing healthcare system and enjoy a thoughtful conversation. Joe, welcome back. Season two of the Reliably Well podcast. I didn't know that we would have another season, but here we are. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're we're missing the uh, the third of the three musketeers. Uh, sadly, uh, Sam Peters, the uh, uh, the kind of driving force behind it. Um, uh, Sam's uh, moved on to his passion, uh, which was uh, ministry, and we knew we had kind of borrowed him from that field for for a while, and, and knew it was temporary that we had him here. Not sure how long we had him, and uh, and he's uh, he's he's been. Uh, uh, pulled back into to that venue, so we're on our own, Sumner. For better or for worse. If this is the first time you're joining us at the Reliably Well podcast, I would encourage you to go back and listen to, uh, we have 12, around 12 episodes from season one where we cover everything from a book review on Compassionomics to physician burnout. We even dabble in some financial wellness, we talk about imposter syndrome, death and dying, unanticipated outcomes in clinical care, and much more. So it was a ton of fun, uh, and we're back at it. So now that we get to kind of pave our own way without our Renaissance man, Sam Peters, uh, Joe, tell us, who is Relias Healthcare? Well, I'm, I'm going to uh, uh, construct as convoluted an answer as I possibly can to that um, for a very intentional reason, because I'm not going to say one word that people will identify us with, and then I'll say what that word uh, is in the end. But we're a company that that looks for innovative uh, solutions. Uh, we're a company that uh, that works to engage uh, people into um, uh, s- uh, solutions that are connected with. Um, Primarily healthcare uh, uh, associated uh, concerns. Uh, we're uh, a company that um, uh, doesn't want to follow the tried and true path uh, that's out there, not um, simply because uh, we want to do something different, but because we want to uh, not just simply um, uh, go down the same way, uh, because a lot of times that's not necessarily the right way. Uh, it's a, a way that's got some issues. We spend a uh, quarter, 20%, something like that, of the GDP on healthcare, uh, and we lag far below, uh, below um, the industrialized world in healthcare outcomes. And uh, so doing it the same way it's been done, I don't know, is necessarily a great uh, um, design. Uh, so in the space, we want to, we want to shake things up and see if we can find more efficient ways uh, to go about um, solving those problems. And I intentionally did not say staffing um, because uh, I think um, the the easy answer to put us into a small box is to say we're a staffing company. And yes, we do find staffing solutions. And so for uh, our partners out there, uh, when they want to find a short answer, I will say, yeah, we're a staffing company, and you want to break us down to the to the to the lowest common denominator of what we do. Yes, we do feel that box on the staffing um, solution side, and we are comparable to other people um, like that who do those things in the EM and the HM space. But that's really the lowest common denominator that you would break us down to. And uh, I think if that's what you would um, identify us at as 
you'd really miss out on a whole lot of the value that we want to bring uh, to the equation here. Um, we uh, both from um, the, the hospital or healthcare system that we want to partner with, uh, and I certainly hope uh, from the um, clinician and patient side that we want to engage with. Um, that, that's really um, that, that's something that we wind up doing, but that's really um, just because that's what we have the space we have to feel uh, uh, in this. But um, uh, partnering with with all of those uh, entities is really what we're we're trying to do, and we're trying to reimagine uh, what uh, that that partnership looks like. So we talked a little bit um, in the introduction that that this podcast is really focused on the shifting landscape of healthcare delivery, and we'll we'll have our CEO Luke West on to tell the origin story. Luke has a way with stories um, that are often hilarious, and so that will be a fun episode to tune into. But he'll kind of get into the the um, original origin story, but walk walk our listeners through when Relias Healthcare started, what um, staffing and clinician solutions were they doing at that time and how has that grown over the last five, six years? Yeah, one, one place, one location, uh, one practice uh, model. Uh, and so it grew out of uh, a need, it grew out of a problem. Um, uh, there were um, uh, you know, it seems uh, seems like the the Star Wars scroll now. Uh, a, a long, long time ago, uh, in a in an ED far, far away, but actually um, just a few blocks away uh, from where we sit uh, now. Uh, but it seems like a long, long time ago, and it was uh, really uh, a bad situation. And out of um, desperate situations, you you find solutions. And um, as I've said many times before. Um, uh, uh, um, attending of mine uh, back in the day said uh, when you're in a really bad place uh, and things aren't going well and somebody comes and says can you do better and you know it's as bad as it can possibly get the answer is yes the answer is yes um, no matter what 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 it looks like because uh, you you probably can and so I said yes and uh, and Luke and I um, uh, did better and uh, and so from um, doing better um, uh, in that location, other people said, "Hey, could you do better here? Because it's it's not going so well." And um, and and you know, I, I won't say that everything is uh, uh, sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns uh, uh, every way, but I, I will say the approach is always the same, and that is uh, to be shoulder to shoulder with everybody else uh, who's working there and trying to look for solutions, and not just um, you know, uh, we'll come in uh, once a month or once a quarter and say, how's it going? And never will you see us again um, uh, and just do it the same old way we've always done it. Uh, but to try and uh, dig in at the site level, uh, try and engage with the, the folks who know things the best and try and be uh, innovative and look for a different way to do things than the way they've always uh, been done and carry the voice of the clinician so they don't have to carry it. They can engage with the patient. But when they know and they've been there and done that and have the T-shirt, um, carry that voice over uh, and be their voice uh, with those who can make changes and make uh, decisions and make things better. And that's gone from emergency medicine, hospital medicine, psychiatry, and urgent care. A long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, you probably never thought that you'd be in four service lines 
yeah. um, more than two states. Yeah, absolutely. Luke thought it. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Um, great. So uh, as we kind of uh, make our way through the season, one of the things that um, Joe uh, and I are going to try to do uh, for you, the listener, is bring you a wide variety of guests um, that are trying to tackle this problem of how do we deliver better, innovative, more excellent care um, to our patients. Some of these guests will be people that we know personally, and some of these guests will be folks that we've cold called and asked, let's have a thoughtful conversation about healthcare. So it should be fun. But before we dive into the rest of the season, I think it's only fair that we uh, give a little bit of our bios. So I'll start with you of why emergency medicine, a little bit about your career and family, and then what do you like to do for fun? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I went into medical school. I, I had uh, actually um, gotten a job to, to dress up the, uh, the, the med school application. Uh, working in uh, a hospital and uh, um, ER was the the hot show and a uh, roommate of mine he had gotten a job as a phlebotomist and he said you know you should probably work in the ED you get to do stuff there um, and so it'll be neat and, and, and exciting and uh, and so I actually did get the job uh, as a tech uh, in the ED and the first exposure to healthcare was uh, being the recipient of someone's regurgitation um, on me. Uh, so it's great indoctrination into what healthcare and emergency medicine was all about. Um, and uh, uh, anyway, I, I, I had my MCAT study guide as I was working, you know, trying to sneak a little extra study time while I'd be working on shift there. And they, they all talked to me about, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to come back and, and work here as an, uh, an ER doctor in this uh, emergency room. And I told them, well, I, I know two things are going to happen. One is I'll never come back to this hospital and two i'll never work in this emergency room and um of course uh, about 10 years later i came back to that hospital and worked in that emergency room and so um it was just uh, uh, liked a lot of things and uh, um I, i've never been diagnosed with anything but just my lack of being able to do what you do uh on, on being very thoughtful and 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 digging down deeply and keeping all of these um you know chronic health issues and in in piecing all of that detailed long-term puzzle together I, I i can't do it i'm amazed when y'all y'all do that i knew that um you know internal medicine and all the myriad so specialties that that uh, that lay before it while they were uh, very intriguing to me I, I i could not succeed there so the the myriad of possibilities in the emergency department and uh was was more where my my forte um, existed in the fact that uh, there would be uh, plenty of uh, diversity uh, in what uh, came through the front door. And uh, you'd see it and you'd act on it and quickly move on to the next uh, situation and uh, move that patient along. And um, lo and behold, uh, you, you saw enough of those and got busy and the shift was over and you went back home. Um, and uh, that 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 interested me a lot and uh, uh was a was a, a good fit for uh, my personality at the time uh i'm a, a husband uh i am all, almost uh almost been married 25 years now i think 20 24 
this year. Um, four kids. Uh, I have two uh, two kids in college, a freshman and a sophomore, uh, and uh, um, junior in high school and an eighth grader. And uh, um, uh, I used to, I, I say this a lot when I was in, uh, I played a little bit of golf, uh, played it a lot when I was a kid, played uh, uh, still when I was in uh, uh, medical school, was able to get away to the Floors Bluff and yeah. play and even um, Sonny Guy Montgomery Municipal Course. You could play there for two bucks yep. uh, in the afternoon. Floors so, Bluff's not much more expensive than uh, the two bucks. Yeah, I think it was four bucks yeah. maybe in the afternoon, but you know, I was on a budget. So, sure. um, and um, uh, so there was there was cheap golf. I even had a buddy who was in the air uh, airline industry when I was in residency, and so he would get. Uh, gifted some opportunities to go play golf. So we played some even in residency. And um, um, uh, so I, I, when I got out, uh, I was like, I'm going to buy a house on the golf course. I'm going to play a couple times a week. Um, I bought that house on a golf course. Uh, I lived there for five years. And in five years, I played five rounds of golf. How about uh, that? So um, I... Uh, I uh, f- quickly found out that that was no longer a hobby for me. The hobby was four children. Yeah. Uh, so um, uh, I used to do a little bit of woodworking. Uh, I, uh, I, I now am a, uh, a part-time cross-country and track and field coach, and that's probably my, my biggest uh, hobby that, uh, that I have. Um, uh, our church has a, a bit of a mentorship program that uh, we we get involved in uh, with some of the kids uh, at church and and teach uh, teach uh, Bible class pretty regularly uh, there for the high school kids. So that's that's more what I, I spend the, the the free moments with and uh, and engaged here uh, more with our our leadership group with um, uh, I think the key to. Uh, being innovative with being successful is uh, developing leaders uh, in healthcare. Um, we have a, uh, you, you learn a lot about taking care of clinical issues. You don't learn in medical school or anywhere else along the way about how to lead clinicians or anyone else along the way, um, and that's a lot of what our uh, mission is is to take um, that group of really intelligent folks uh, and really motivated folks and lead them in a in a new direction or a new way of doing things. Um, and so we need really smart, really motivated folks at that location help us understand what's going on there and how do we move from point A to point B. Um, and so that's really where our our focus, our engagement. Uh, is uh, and uh, hopefully some of the things we can we can learn from some of our guests and touch on and and share with uh, with our team. And one of my favorite episodes from the first season was when you and I debunked the myth <clears throat> that emergency medicine physicians and internal medicine physicians can actually be friends. And so um, I let, you know, there's a lot of um, kind of folklore out there in the healthcare industry that you know the hospitalists worse nightmares the emergency medicine physician and the thorn in the side of the emergency medicine physician as the hospitalist so we're kind of slowly uh, debunking that myth 
Um, I'll um, follow Dr. Johnson's just said to a little bit about me. I'm also um, a husband. My wife is my CEO, um, and she does it, and she does a great job. And I'm I'm thankful that she is our leader. Um, I have three kids, a little bit younger than Dr. Johnson's. We've we've only been married for ten years, so we've got a little bit to catch up to you. Um, so um, two boys and then a girl uh, that are kind of in the uh, uh, preschool years. Um, I did my training at the University of Virginia, um, and then somehow, some way, I inter- So I should say that Dr. Johnson is my co-host and my friend, but he's also my boss. Um, and so Dr. Johnson actually hired me um, January of 2020, which is really hard to believe it's been over three years. Um, and at that point in time, Relias was growing into the hospital medicine or uh, internal medicine space, and uh, the rest is history. Um, so it's really fun to uh, get to be here. My, um, I love to read, I love to run, and then I teach um, at Ole Miss um, on Monday afternoons. Um, in the fall, I teach a death and dying course, kind of the bioethics of death and dying to all pre-med students. To um, You learn a lot in medical school, and one of those things is you do not talk about dying. Um, and that's also uh, the, one of the issues that as a clinician, it's really hard when you do the right thing and the patient has a bad outcome. We also addressed that in season one. That's four plugs to season one and just this <laughs> interest. I'm doing pretty good. Um, and then uh, in the spring, we teach kind of a future of healthcare course. So why do we spend $4.1 trillion on healthcare, which is 20% of our GDP that you alluded to earlier? Um, and it's so complicated as to how it's paid for. So we talk about how it's paid for, and then there's all these external forces of whether it's private equity, and we'll you know we'll get into uh, this with some of our guests too. But uh, the landscape's changing right before us, and there's a lot of very contentious legislation that's going on. And so we talk a little bit about that again for pre-med students that want to um, go into healthcare delivery, and uh, so that they learn stuff that you're never taught in medical school. Um, and we've been fortunate to have uh, some of those students involved um, at Relice Healthcare. One of them uh, completed um, our internship and is now in medical school. So hopefully we've both helped pave the way for, for her to be successful. Um, kind of as we close, I thought it would be good to um, talk about what's kind of from your perspective, what, what's the purpose of this podcast and um, what should people hope to kind of get out of it if they tune in with us? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. I mean, I I hope that we're um, through this podcast, um, you know, broaching ideas about uh, how how can we change or how can we innovate uh, healthcare. What's what's the where, where's the puck going uh, in healthcare? How can we uh, look to find new ideas to to innovate? How can we um, uh, be a better, more efficient clinician? How can we be a better leader in the site where we are um, as a as a clinician? And you know, leader uh, doesn't mean you have a title. Um, we're we're all uh, leaders in the uh, situation that that. Uh, uh, we're in, uh, and so uh, I think that that's that's um, that's part of it. I think for the uh, the layperson, uh, it's still valuable uh, that you wind up uh, hearing what um, is kind of the other side of the uh, of the curtain of of what's what is healthcare. What are the challenges? A lot of times, uh, we see it from uh, a, a layperson may see it from uh, one side, and and, and it's. Um, um, you know, it, it it is difficult to understand, and it, and it makes it uh, maybe frightening, makes it um, 
um, uh, challenging, uh, makes it um, uh, even uh, alarming to them. And I think maybe the more that they hear and understand, it, it clarifies and doesn't make it uh, feel um, um, uh, like there's this this chasm uh, between them and their um, health care delivery or that, um, you know, that they're um, uh, being lied to or misled somewhere along the way when they understand more of what some of the challenges uh, are that are that are going on. Not trying to not admit you to the hospital, your insurance company or your payer will not allow you for X, Y, or Z reason to come in for this. We're trying to figure out a way to, to, to actually get what it is that you want um, out of that um, out of that exchange um, and, and and sometimes we need keywords out of you as the uh, as the patient so I think sometimes that helps when when patients understand um, we're, we're trying to be the advocate so hopefully those those kinds of things can come out of more of the conversation that we have here yeah and I think that uh, for what we have planned it's going to be applicable to uh, uh, your point's well taken of whether you are a leader in healthcare that is a clinician or whether you're a clinician or whether you're a um, student that hopes to one day be a clinician or healthcare leader, or if you are a patient and just want to have um, some thoughtful conversation um, about healthcare, our goal is to provide it. So um, in the spirit of leading leaders, which is what we try to wake up and do every day, what's one piece of leadership advice that sticks with you? that as you're, you know, in our current cultural moment, much less in our current moment in healthcare, uh, it can be really challenging to be a leader, much less lead leaders. But what's something that sticks with you? And I'll also reciprocate, but I'll put you on the hot seat first. Yeah, you don't ask uh, simple, uh, easy questions, but I, I think that the simplest um, uh, the simplest answers maybe are the best ones. And just always trying to treat people um, like like they are people, um, you know, remember who they are. They are somebody's child, somebody's parent, somebody's um, brother or sister, and, and trying to remember people that way more so than, uh, oh, this person is somebody important. There's somebody's, um, you know, there's some CEO of something or there's some, uh, they've got some title uh, after their name. Um, but, you know, remember them more as, is, is that sort of have that conversation that you're not Dr. Abraham, but you're, you're Sumner, um, you, you know, you're, you're, you're somebody's son, somebody's dad, somebody's husband and, and, and having that, that kind of real sort of conversation with, with those people, um, and, and not you're a disease process or you're, you're, uh, uh, somebody who is, uh, you know, maybe this dying patient that we're talking about, and have some standoffish. But you're you're an individual who has a story, um, and having those those real sorts of conversations, I think those go much farther, no matter what the point or how difficult it is. Yeah. Um, I've had to have a lot of difficult conversations as a leader. Those things go off better when, um, uh, as difficult as they are, whenever they are just as um, plain smoking as they can be, um, and genuine as they can be. Um, and, uh, um, I feel better, uh, at least when those things are over and usually there's not, uh, the same sort of, uh, tension, uh, that sometimes there can be when, uh, we try and be somebody we're not. 
Yeah. And the first time that I ever sat, I sat in here and interviewed with you and Luke, and I remember seeing on the wall, and every moment we choose to see uh, others as, uh, as people um, like ourselves or as objects. Um, and they either count like we do or they don't. So I think that's a great word. I, you know, we, uh, Dr. John C. also leads our book club every Tuesday at Relias where we um, pick a book for a quarter and go through it and talk about it and share lunch with our colleagues to uh, learn more about what it is to kind of put this humanism kind of back into our work and uh, back into the world. And um, after our discussion earlier today, I, I thought about what was one thing that sticks with me and that this will never be who you're not in the process of becoming. I'm not going to wake up one day and just magically snap my fingers and like, I'm going to be a better dad. If I just get to 2026, I'm going to be a better dad then because for whatever reason, but I have to take the, the daily incremental steps to be that person that I want to be. And if I'm not in the process of becoming that, then I'll never arrive at kind of whatever that. And it's, it's a philosophical question of, is there any point in arriving at said destination or is it the, the value of getting better each and every day? Uh, I think in order to help people lead better, then we have to do that work ourselves too. Yeah. Cool. Well said. Well, thanks for joining. Uh, episode one of season two. We look forward to seeing you the rest of the season. And if you would, uh, we will make a promise to you that if you reach out to us um, via email or however you want to, we promise to address whatever question or thought or comment that you have. Uh, but please um, like this, rate it, subscribe. And if we can do anything to... Uh, think about healthcare in an innovative and fun way, we'd be glad to do it. So Joe, thanks until next time. Thank you.